Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block, episode 217. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is that retro code, Eddie B. I'm the legend of the breath of the style. Hello, everybody. Smooth. Wow. <laughs> Ed's been uh, getting into our Boss Rush group chat, I see. What? Uh, <laughs> I've, been a good, I've been a good boy. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Also joining us is our Hylian heroine, Celeste Roberts. Good evening, everybody. I hope you're getting ready for Halloween, Thanksgiving. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holidays. What is it? Festivus? Is that the other one? I think yeah. so. Festivus for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. Final Fantasy Destiny thing it is. That's Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we could incorporate it into those too. Uh, well, we have a fourth. We have a we have a very special guest this week. Uh, author of An Arrow Without a Hero. David Wayne Nystrom. Hello. Yes. Oh, he's he's so much fun. I Ed and I did his one v one a few months ago, and yeah. it was a Zelda fest. Uh, oh yes. So, David, this is this is our first interaction. But yeah, outside of a few uh, Twitter chats here and there, but yeah, this I, I, well, I would say face to face, but this is you know clearly as yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if if people didn't listen to your 1v1, which you should, it's on the Boss Rush podcast feed, go find it, uh, also on our YouTube channel. Why don't you tell everybody what you do and, and a little bit about your awesome work that you're doing. So I'm a, I'm a staff writer over at Zelda Dungeon. Um, I mean, that's that's something that I do just in my free time, whatever. Um, but my my big passion, obviously, is Zelda. Uh, but to extend that, I about ten years ago started working on what at that t- at the time was my own like oh this is just like a fan idea fan game that turned into essentially my life's work which is the Arrow Without a Hero. Um, it is a, an exploration, if you will, of the era on the timeline between Ocarina of Time and The Wind Waker. Um, it's an ongoing series right now over on Zelda Dungeon. Um, so every uh, every couple of weeks, I get a five week cycle as part of their Fan Fiction Friday, and I put out what's essentially half chapters for five weeks, um, and then I occasionally try to open, uh, I try to upload my uh, my full chapters onto my personal uh, blog site for the for the story, uh, along with artwork, music, whatever else I create in that world for that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. When I, when I go to bed, sometimes I I leave your YouTube channel open and just listen to the music when I fall asleep. Oh, thank you. It, I, I, it helps. I love the story so much. I love that it's a bit of a darker take on Zelda because mm-hmm. we've gotten glimpses of darkness in some Zelda games, but David, he doesn't hold back with those fight scenes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. There's a few more coming up when I get to later parts. It's just it doesn't get any lighter. <laughs> wow. Um, um, and then recently, I actually for my birthday, my wife got me the my physical version of the first part of it, um, which will be coming to be able to people will be able to buy it at some point. I just need to work out some 
um, getting it printed and distributing and then making sure that I'm not stepping on any Nintendo legal feet um, by selling it and stuff like that. And if things go well, I'm going to try to sell it. There'll be just the basic version with the book and then like a, like a, like a next level up that'll include a, like a nice version of the map that I built. Um, and then the third step would be to include the soundtrack with it as well. So you could get like this bundle thing with all of it. Again, I have to, there's some, some hiccups I still have to work out to get all that going, but hopefully early 2021. So. Yay. I see. Well, when, well if uh, there's, uh, Oh, I was just saying when you showed the picture of the book when you was holding it, I got like super happy. I'm like, pre order, pre order. <laughs> I know. Um, if let's, just, I mean, let's just uh, if if everything doesn't go as planned, can I purchase your special mystery box? <laughs> I will find a way to get people that want it really bad. I will find a way to get them copies. So unless I'm like legally bound to not do so <laughs> yeah we, we don't want to get you in nenti's bad yeah. court <laughs> i don't want to face off with phoenix right i feel like i would lose <laughs> <laughs> oh man well this that's an exciting thing that you're working on i i can't wait to like you know yeah dive in. from you and dive in and like i said i i listen to your soundtrack like at least two or three times a week just to fall asleep to because it helps <laughs> so awesome. uh, it but, is your magnum opus it sounds like yeah it really is yeah i mean when my my i have a buddy whose name is also david and he was the one that asked me you know, 10 years ago whatever it was he and i had i had just gotten my copy of hyrule historia we opened it up we're flipping through it and we got to the timeline we just sat there just BSing about it, and he he asked me the question: If you could make a Zelda game on this, what would you do and where? And that was where it began. Like question, and I zeroed in on that that label of the arrow without a hero, and I just I didn't like that. It didn't sit right with me. I'm like, surely somebody did something right. And ten years later, here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love seeing yes. people's creativity come to life because. I notice if if I don't do something creative or fun, I get kind of grumpy. Do you guys ever get that way? Like if you're not following, I'm not saying you have to go and like publish a novel every single day or complete a novel, but if you don't do something, (laughs) just exaggerating. Just Uh, you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to write seven novels. You don't don't. <laughs> I, I I literally get bored and, and try to find something creative to do because it's it's in me to be creative and so I'm like I need an outlet to do something. So whether I'm writing something crazy, I'm podcasting, I'm doing videos or playing the game, you know, picking like picking little sections out of a game and like really building something around it. I I like that creativity to think. Um, and get it out there because if I don't create, I'm and, and I'm bored to death. I feel like I'm wasting life. You know, it's just like why I'm why am I here right now, <laughs> not doing nothing. So, yeah, I. Uh, so actually, this actually stemmed from our one v one Celeste, and uh, I did yours and MJ's back to back, and I started writing a little bit, like a something I had been working on for what a 
about 10 years at that point, just like bits and pieces here and there. And I was like, I really want to write a book, but you know, what would be even cooler is if I wrote a game. So I started right. I turned that idea into a game <laughs> idea. It's, it's something I've been, but then I'm like, what happened with me. So yeah, it, it's That's just like, it's like, awesome. it's like, I don't know how to make a game though. So I, I don't know <laughs> how this would work, but, uh, if it ever happens, <laughs> um, that's that's the thing like people i think when we're younger or uh, more naive it feels like i feel like some people worry that oh gosh i'm in competition with people but igniting someone else's flame does not diminish your flame or right out you know you can celebrate other people's accomplishments and i, I love that because if we all share our ideas it's better for everyone yeah. i uh, i told dan uh, in our writing group because uh, he was asking, like, what should I write in and everything? And I told Dan, I was just like, I would love to see, hear from you using Mario Maker or Mario Maker 2 to explain the video game industry. Oh, and geez. and to, to, like, really be like how, how as a developer, it takes everybody to make the assets, to make levels. And we as the players and the critics putting stuff out there. Putting the stuff out there, um, you are really surprised at how much reactions you get. Because you know, when you make a level for Mario Maker, you beat it and you put it out there, everybody could judge it, everybody could leave a comment or criticize. And it's pretty much on how games are. When we put something out, there's going to be some kind of opinion or criticism, and we'll grade it and stuff. And so I feel like Mario Maker is like the definition of the video game industry and then if you want more levels like dlc well you can up some money and get them or that developer can give it to you for free so you create more levels and stay in the game and attack and i kind of want to hear i don't know if dad's gonna write it yet but i'm just like i would love to see you just like write that and see what people say about it that would be really cool I know Dan's been traveling for work a whole lot so i think yeah. he's a little out of uh out of commission for some things but uh yeah that's a good point about mario maker yeah, yeah. well i mean that's what this started as right just some kind of dumb creative thing and it's ed's fault he said yes so here we are <laughs> 217 episodes later of this show and <laughs> what 700 episodes of something at some point so uh, it's ed's fault Ed, this whole thing is your fault. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's get into this housekeeping. Uh, this is the Nintendo Power Block Boss Rush Games Nintendo podcast. Every week, Celeste, Edward, and I, as well as our friends from around the internet, come together uh, right here on twitch.tv slash live to talk about the latest news, rumors, releases, and your questions in the world of Nintendo. If you can't join us live, no big deal. You can head on over to youtube.com slash live. Or Boss Rush Games, sorry, wow. Uh, and podcast services uh, everywhere. And remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review us. And check out all of our content on BossRushGames.com. That was a terrible read of the housekeeping, but that's okay. Uh, we're just going to leave it in. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, we are doing a giveaway. Uh, we are giving away yes. a digital code of Pikmin 3 Deluxe on Nintendo Switch. 
mm-hmm. rules are simple. Email us at nintendopowblock at gmail.com. A screenshot of what podcast uh, service you subscribe to us on and why you listen. A screenshot of your review and rating on Apple Podcasts grants you a second entry. Uh, we'll be announcing the winners during our live show on October 26th, which is, what, two weeks from? No, next week. Next week. Next mm-hmm. week. Man, is Pikmin out next Friday already? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's next Saturday is uh, Halloween. Oh, jeez. Uh, during the live show on October 26th, uh, which is the 28th audio show, so get your entries in today. Uh, we will get you that code as soon as we uh, end the show. That way you can have it preloaded and ready to go to play yes. when it goes live. Happy so. early holidays, y'all. Ooh. Yeah. It's yes. like, uh, there's, I guess, trick or treat. Trick or treat, but no tricks, just no, treats. No tricks. What if we just gave them like a, like a Japanese language version? Oh, <laughs> that's just mean. What is it that we used to say when we were kids? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If, yeah, you, don't, if you don't, I don't, I don't, care. I don't care. I'll pull you down can, your underwear. You can smell yeah. my underwear. Oh, wow. okay. I can't. Wow. Yeah, we were, we were little bandits, weren't we? That wow. was what was in my area. You can smell my underwear. <sighs> oh, okay. Group chat's coming like alive, people. I think it was, I can see your underwear where I was. But... Yeah. I can. Oh, I thought it was. I, I'll pull down your underwear. Wow, what perverted little kids. <laughs> <laughs> Something with underwear in it. Just be like, uh-uh. Yeah. That is gross, and we didn't really think about it, because as kids, you say that word, and you just giggle the whole time. <laughs> and what grown adults are trying to pull some adult, another, what grown kids are trying to, or kids, I should say, trying to pull some adults' underwear down. That, mm. Like, you gotta pull their pants and Go through all of that stuff just to pull somebody underwear because you didn't get no candy. This, what? this sounds like Can a lot of work. Extra personal work. story. Oh geez. <laughs> Should we? Is this going to require? Is is this uh, requires to throw an E on our episode this week? <laughs> no. 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 Um, I told this to Corey in my one v one, but when I was teaching English in Japan, I had um, a classroom of three five year old boys who were, oh my gosh, they were birth control incarnate. And oh, wow. they were just rowdy. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with conchoing in Japan. Um, I mean, I am because of the story, but. Uh... <laughs> um, it, it's a thing. It, it, it reminds me. What's that? It? <laughs> is it where they run around and they like try to like, like. Um, Goosey. I don't, I don't know. Thumb. <laughs> they thumb try to like poke your... you in the butt. Yeah, yeah. they take yeah. their two. They take their two index fingers and they try to poke you in the butt. So there is because there's a video game uh, about that. <laughs> well, one of them, while I was teaching, tried to do it to me reverse, and <laughs> I got really mad. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Nothing happened. It was just kids. Yeah. You know, kids. It's like, I do not want to be put on a list in Japan, please. Please get away from me. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, speaking of being poked in the butt, it's time for Snack Tendo. Yes! <laughs> I don't know how that's a transition, can but it's a transition. Our, so our we're... Guest, um, can we share our guest uh, snacks first? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Get us so... out of this uh, trash fire of a conversation. <laughs> 
I would like to say hello to Austin Campbell, who is part of Boss Rush Games. His submission for Snack Tendo is a picture with the Clubhouse buttery crackers, mm. cream cheese spread, and Lowry's seasoned salt. Mm, oh, Lowry's nice. goes on everything. Lowry's. Mm-hmm. So that looks delicious. Thank you so much, Austin. Austin, do you have anything to drink with it? No, he, it's dry. Well, he's not in the chat, so oh. um, so he didn't he didn't post a drink. You know, he's probably just gonna choke on the crackers. That's what I think is gonna happen. Uh. <laughs> but okay, and then thank you, Geek Bro, for submitting your two snacks. So he is eating some pistachios. Mm, yes. Good stuff. And then he said, I have another snack to share. A melted Reese's cup in my heater vent. My son must have stored it like a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I I have to say, Corey, I ate, and and I know you don't like Reese's Pieces, but I put my my, uh, chocolate bars and stuff in the refrigerator, and I ate them at work. And I kind of, I'm digging cold candy. Oh, I'm so happy you've seen the light. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. I freeze everything. I freeze brownies. I freeze Twix bars. I freeze... I can't do brownies. Uh, Dude, you got to get the cosmic, the Little Debbie cosmic brownies and you just freeze them? I'll pick some up tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm. I I know know you you mentioned it, but I haven't got the cosmic brownies to do it. Mm. Mm, So good. Anyways. Uh, um, Megan says... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Megan, for joining our chat. Megan is also part of the Boss Rush Games crew. Her snack, White Claws, Tostitos, and Queso. I mean, sounds like her. (laughs) (laughs) I still need to try these White Claws. Yeah, do you? (sighs) My wife said that, and her reaction was, okay, this tastes like beer with water, and then handed it to me, and I said no. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> which, which one was it? I think they have different I, flavors. I don't remember. I don't remember. She had like two or three of them, but hmm. and I, she tried them all and was just like, no, Today. it's not for me. Hmm. I'm like, okay. Hmm. It's, it's, okay. it's weird. White Claw feels like it just came out of nowhere and someone made it popular. I don't know who. It's been around forever. I don't understand why it's so popular now. I feel like it's just like been around forever. I think because a lot of people... Definitely in my area, who do like Bud Riser <clears throat> or like Colt Forty Five or like like some kind of cheap liquor uh, or for beer and stuff. I think that's what they've been on. It's just no one talks about White Claw like in my area. Um, it's mostly online that people talk about White Claw. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I try. I'm not. I would say beer is White Claw a beer. I I don't know. I think it's, I think, well, I think it's supposed to be like a wine cooler, but I think it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's what it actually is. I don't. Mm. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. I would say something really mean, but she already yelled at me three times today. So. Oh, Ecro <laughs> says it's a seltzer. So thank you okay. for clarifying. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I don't drink, I don't drink very much, but I like girly, uh, quote unquote, girly drinks. That drinks are not. I mean, so do I. The gender. <laughs> I just, I'm just being silly. I mean, but, let's like, be honest, they taste better. <laughs> and I got excited because there's this beer called um, a snowball beer. And I thought it was going to taste like a snowball, which are called snow cones in other regions. It did mm-hmm. not taste like that. It tasted 
I thought, I, I don't know. It tastes like cough syrup. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, have you guys ever ordered or picked up a drink, but you're thinking, okay, it's going to be really sweet. It's going to be really refreshing. And it's very disappointing. Um, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember the last time I actually drank anything, to be honest with you. I mean, I know for me, mostly I would do like an angry orchard. I know in Wisconsin they have um, this one kind of drink. It tastes almost like a like soda. I cannot think of. I gotta ask my friend of it. But like every month they have a different uh, flavor for that month, and um, their their one that they're known for is like a peach. And man, that peach one is good. I, so I'm, I, they, I think they sell it at one of their grocery stores in Wisconsin. So on the day of November third, I'm gonna be a little bit faded. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go get some, some drinky drinks that night. <laughs> and as the election is going on, oh jeez. If 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 we'll see what the re- results are, whatever that be. If a certain person gets reelected. I'm getting straight toasted. I'm going to put under the couch at <laughs> oh, We, we have a, another White Claw share. Uh, Billy from Retrovaniacs and also part yes. of Talk the Walk has shared his snack. He is eating pumpkin-shaped Reese's cups and drinking a mango White Claw. Nice. David, <laughs> you have to tell me about your uh, uh, Legend of Zelda cook uh, item that you made. Yes. <laughs> So, I have the uh, I have the physical copy of the Legends Cookbook, and one of the I've made a few recipes out of there. Uh, but this weekend we did the uh, tough meat stuffed pumpkin, and so we actually went to the store, got a pumpkin, just for eating, not for carving or anything like that. Just just to make basically it serves as a it, it becomes like a stew pot. You, you know, you brown up your meat, your we used beef, um, but you could probably use anything, any other kind. Probably any other kind of like red meat would work really well with that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you throw in some onions and some peppers and a couple like sauces to make a sauce for it. And then you throw it into the pumpkin, put the pumpkin in the oven and let it cook. And when it comes out, it's amazing. Mm. Now I'm oh. really hungry. It, it looks was... so good. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I seen you do pictures of you like cooking it and stuff because you are you also had the apron. Yeah. So, uh, but I didn't get to see if you did a picture for like the final meal or anything. I did post one. I even posted like a short video, like actually taking like the top of the pumpkin off and watching the steam flow out. Oh, you could see it like bubbling in there for a second. It was. Sounds amazing. There is no pumpkins. You're my competition, David. <laughs> That's funny. There is no pumpkins in Breath of the Wild. I'm just now thinking about that. Yeah, are there? yeah there are. Yeah, there are. There are. There's a pumpkin patch in uh, Kakariko Village. Yeah, they're known for their pumpkins. Yeah. I have not yeah. gotten one yet. Well, you know. Wait, wait, if you go, if you go in like one of the gardens, Ed's barely one played of the guys this game, gets guys. Really mad okay. at you. Ed's barely hey. played the game. He's, you know, he's like walking around with a stick on the the Great Plateau still. You know. You know what? <laughs> I'm throwing apples at the old man. It's fine. <laughs> he's throwing <laughs> apples. Oh my God, you guys! What if you could use apples as a weapon? That'd be in awesome. Breath of the Wild. That'd be fun. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! If you, you can have to throw like a <laughs> you can use bananas as bait against the Yuga, so yeah, 
Oh, there we go. Like bananas. Oh. Yeah, I'm about to go give my master sword and then work more on the game. I'm almost done, Corey. Are you? Yes, I am. Hmm. I, I was, Are you going to be done it. before Hyrule uh, Warriors comes out? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Are you sure? Because you only have about 32 days left. <laughs> I'll finish it. I'm, I'm, I'm quick with games. Don't worry. Okay, the important thing is you just you finish the story, the main story, and then you can do all the DLC stuff on the side quest. Or you could have put 225 hours into it like I did three and a half years ago. Yeah, after you was using the guy and not fighting everything by yourself. I found everything I wanted to find by myself. I beat the game, and then I was like, <laughs> to clean up the extra stuff, I'm going to use a guide because this game's hard. On our first playthrough... On our first playthrough, we got to somewhere around, I want to say around 600 Korok seeds after beating all the shrines and doing all the DLC and stuff like that before we finally cracked out the guide to get the last few hundred to get to all 900. That was exhausting. Ah, I see. You have the golden poop trophy too. Yes. Well, and then I, I retarded, I... so I, don't, I lost it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I so found you guys about, are the real Zelda fans. I found about <laughs> 500 and 20 of them by myself. Which yeah. I think is a valiant effort. That <laughs> I think, is a valiant I think anything, effort. anything over 300 is more than acceptable because at that point, they're useless. They, you don't need them all because Hestu, or Hestu stops upgrading your stuff at a certain point. Yeah. So, See, Ed, I'm taking his praise over yours because he's the Zelda expert. So. He of is course the Zelda he's expert. Going, he's helped us many times in the chat <laughs> and I can't remember the timeline. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. I know that time went too well. <laughs> Man. By the way, like speaking of timelines and, and books and stuff, I had I I brought a bunch of stuff back to my house from my parents' house because well, they've been asking me to clean out their basement for years and I'm finally slowly doing it. And uh I put a bunch of all my Zelda like uh hardback guides up on the shelf and my kid pulled them down. <laughs> And all of the maps from all of the guides fell out, <laughs> but but it like had like I started looking at them. I'm like, man, this is like like I've I have the cloth map from the Twilight Princess guide, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just like all these guides are just man, they're great. My Skyward Sword ones hang sitting right here on the shelf, and then my Breath of the Wild ones back there. Nice. My nice. books, my hardback books are on a different is. shelf. That is one thing I do give Nintendo and uh, whoever they work with to do the uh, Legend of Zelda guys. They are really great books. I think it was like, Prima for a while, right? Prima. Until well, they, until so. they, I don't know, went out of business. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, Prima. Yeah, they, like their Wind Waker HD guy uh, is really beautiful. It's I'm like, wow. Like they, I think. The Nintendo guys, when they get really thorough and they got all that artwork and screens and stuff that's not in the game and stuff, it's just like this is a collector's idol. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you use it or not, it's just right. looks beautiful. I don't use. I'm sorry, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I was gonna say I don't use my collector's guides. I always buy a paperback one to use, and then uh, mm-hmm. the collector's one I just leave on the shelf. Except for that my Twilight sense. Princess uh, Wii one, I <laughs> use pretty. Uh, abusively <laughs> we'll say well uh cory this is the mari blast of the mountain dew that means that's what's talking about uh, 
Okay. I've never so, tried that before. This is the pineapple one. Oh, is this the one you talked about in a previous um, Yeah, about the episode? dollar store at the Dollar General? Oh, okay. We were talking Okay, this is when we yeah. were talking about how certain stores have exclusive snacks. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the uh this is the pineapple one uh called Mavi Blast. It only comes in this can and they're the only ones that have it. Um because they had a cane sugar one of Mountain Dew, but I, then I think that one started coming everywhere else, too. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a pineapple flavor. Like it's it's better than regular Mountain Dew. Awesome, and uh, Ed is holding out on us, but he has some other snacks that he bought today. Yes, everybody. Uh, I have not trying to tip it over. German co- chocolate cake uh, cupcakes. Uh, and there were only five dollars at the grocery store. I have ten of them, and I'm going to use them because I'm playing a certain game, and they made me go get cupcakes. <laughs> so a certain game. Oh, I, well, why don't you tell everybody what that game is so they can listen to that episode? That game is called Soma, and we will be discussing it with Billy <laughs> leading the conversation on Talk the Walk. So you guys will be able to check that that episode out. Um, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of words for that game, but I'm going to save it. Let's just say, um, uh, save up for the holidays. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> wow. Did you uh, eat any other snacks, David? I mean, not that the pumpkin dish is a, a snack. That's a full-fledged meal, but... Oh, yeah. can... Um, just my normal Chex Mix that I make every year. It's an old thing that my mom used to make or still makes every year. You usually will start making Chex Mix at the start of football season, and it's just we'll keep making batches of it all throughout football season. Mm. And it's just rice Chex, corn Chex, wheat Chex, some kind of pretzel, and then Worcestershire and butter and throw it in the oven, salt it, pull it out, mix it up. Throw some more butter on, throw some more Worcestershire, and and then a little more uh, Lowry's seasoning salt, and just keep mixing it up mm. for about a half hour or so. Mm. And then candy corn. I like to mix mine with candy corn when I'm. Yes, you are a man of taste. Corn. Ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> you people and your candy corn, I'll tell you. Look, I, got- I should not eat candy candy corn let me rephrase that nobody should eat candy corn yes nobody <laughs> should delicious. eat candy corn. and i love it and i love I, it at least i'll allow myself a couple pieces during halloween so Look, we got 20 more i mean we got 12 more days to have all the candy corn that we can have and then yes it's november and yep. we won't talk about candy corn until next october mm. it mm. lives on in my heart mm. ew <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not exactly the person to be talking about certain foods and being like the food critic on this show, but I have a no. I have a friend and she lives over in Northern Ireland and she asked, "What is candy corn?" because she had no no concept of what it was. Just like, is it like sweet corn? Is it? I'm like, it's it's like a hard, it's like a toffee chewy candy. And I, I had to explain it to her. I don't remember how I explained it to her. And she goes, "Oh, that sounds gross." <laughs> It's like it's like those it's like those you know those like candy like root beer drink things that ha- come in uh, wax bottles. It's that uh, with just candle wax inside. It's gross. 
it's just I think, gross. I think, for, I think for a lot of people, it's the texture of it. It's not so much the sweetness, it's the texture of it. It's like a yeah, terrible version have... of like a gusher. Mm. With, with, Gushers are so good. With no juice inside. Yeah. Candy corn, it's... It, oh gosh, how do I even describe it? It's, it's like, do you like sugar? And then do you like sugar with your sugar? <laughs> how does, how it, does her fruit... Uh, uh, fruitcake corn syrup into like solid state, <laughs> and then just how, that up. <laughs> with some how does dye. diabetes taste? Mm-hmm. Let me well, tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mean, I can't eat a whole bunch at once because it's it's too sweet. But no, too light but that's why it mixes so well with the salty Chex mix. Like I, like I said, I'll take just like a, like a like idea. ten pieces, ten to fifteen pieces. Throw them in a bowl of Chex mix, and it's just every once in a while. Ooh. I can tell you one thing. Cows <laughs> don't care what kind of thing of uh, candy corn. They would eat it all, and we would get their milk. Because I still, I still think that's really cool that uh, corn syrup helps cows produce milk. The only is corn. Why we're all dying slowly? Yeah, the only corn anybody should be eating is is corn on the cob or, or. About two years ago, I discovered Latin street corn. Oh. The elote? Yeah. I, I don't know. It was called Latin Street Corn on the sign, but you also have to remember I'm from rural Ohio, so everybody here is white. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we proclaim it as suburban. <laughs> 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 You're very suburban. <laughs> Look, I live in a place where my mom still whispers every time she asks me how my my internet shows are going and i tell her i'm doing the nintendo one she and she still whispers is that the one with the black guy and i have to yes you can say that out loud like it's not it's not a bad thing to say anymore it's 2020 uh ed is the human incarnation of a teddy bear i know and that's a good thing Oh, that's, that's why we're not if my mom Diego's if my mom ever met ed i would i would have to go hide somewhere <laughs> i i think your mom would love me if she met me i was hoping to meet uh, her when i came down uh the first side to come meet you and hopefully when i come back again that she will meet me and uh i, I like adopt me <laughs> so your son can, i mean your son already has a brother which is me but i'm like adopt me adopt me <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow. Uh, Geek Bro says you're great, Ed. Oh, thank, you. thank you so much. Oh yes. Um, so oh jeez. My, uh, my Chinese place, <laughs> my Chinese place did open up, and I got my chicken lo mein uh, today. Oh my! Mm. Goodness. Okay, so it was delicious. like, yeah, it was like, yes, for lunch special, it was like seven dollars and twenty-five cent. They packed it full. Like this is no this is no cheap meal. Like they, I got my money's worth. I was just like, oh, so nobody's been ordering any food here because Josh is like double, triple time the food. Like it was almost flowing out of the box that they put it in. So you have leftovers? Is that I what have, you're saying? I have leftovers, and I still have fried rice that I need to get to, and their fried rice is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about fried rice a lot on the show because we were talking about it for the last four weeks, but man. I'm so glad to be eating their fried rice again. 
That's awesome. Oh, rice paper so good. Oh, <laughs> what, what about can... your snacks, Corey? Uh, well, I have a few. What do we do Friday? Friday. I don't remember what we did Friday, but Saturday. Saturday. We we went well we went to the zoo but then this weekend was our was our well Wednesday last Wednesday was our anniversary but uh we celebrated it this weekend we went to the zoo and then we got Chinese food takeout which Mm. is uh there's like a really kind of I wouldn't say fancy Chinese food but it's it's better than like the hole in the wall let's put it on these the paper buckets you know what I mean like it's it's like you if they were open you'd get served like on really fancy plates and you know (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it's good i guess quote-unquote quality chinese food we got general so's we got some uh pork and shrimp egg rolls we got some Mm -hmm. crab rangoon (laughs) we got some shrimp uh tempura shrimp sushi oh so good it was so that sounds absolutely delicious Oh, it was so good. And then last night, last night, we wanted, we wanted, we wanted shawarma, but we didn't feel like driving to go get it. So I attempted to make our own, uh, didn't, we didn't have any rice, but I, I cut up the, the tomatoes and cucumbers and made the tomato and cucumber salad. We did the whole hummus thing. My wife bought pita and tzatziki sauce and I cooked chicken. Mm -hmm. I cooked some chicken and we just made our own and it was actually really good so uh yes. that was that was our food for last night i oh congratulations i'm glad yes. it went well yeah it was a... did you have a burrito this weekend no i haven't had one in like a month i'm starting yeah. i'm starting to be afraid that i'm losing weight <laughs> keep those pounds on guys i mean you're gonna you're gonna vanish before our eyes i know Man, that would be great. Um, no, don't say that. Uh, if you vanished before, no, our... not vanish, but just <laughs> I meant like lost some some weight is what I'm saying. I would uh, be driving to Ohio to be like, what the world is going on? <laughs> Bring them back. Uh, but yeah, this weekend for food, I swear we got rice paper at some point this week too. We did. I think we got it Thursday night. Uh, I got the Indonesian fried rice. Mm. Oh, so good! It's like I can't wait to try that. One there's day. like five big pieces of shrimp in there. Just like, see what they do is like they cook it all in red curry, but like not a lot, so it's just like a little bit of spice. And it's just it's like the perfect amount. It's so good. And then there's like onions and broccoli and shrimp and chicken. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I really want some now. Yeah. I'm so hungry. Snack Tendo is a terrible idea. Eight at nine thirty at night. <laughs> well, now I want to go make David's Chex Mix with the candy corn because that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I don't eat. I don't eat a lot of Chex Mix, but that does sound good. Like good sweet snack. and salty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I'm really hungry now. Is anybody else hungry? I'm what is Nintendo Power Block? <laughs> what is Nintendo Power Block just going to turn into a live cooking show the way that BU does on our Twitch channel? <laughs> that, would be, that would be kind of cool doing a Cookie Mama uh, 
Kind of. Oh, actually, I, mean, I need to find that DS uh, cooking game that Nintendo did. Oh, I did really nice. Game. Celeste, I did think of this though. I did think of doing like a seasonal cooking show because you you have the the Zelda cookbook, and I have the Destiny one. And like we could do like a seasonal thing where like like a seven or eight episode run, like one in the spring and one in the fall of just like let's just cook a meal and edit it together and throw it on the channel. I I like that. I I think that you're so I have to film myself like awkwardly cracking eggs. Yep. And <laughs> Yep. But you got to make it all dramatic. You got to get those those low camera angles in there on the on that. Yeah. Watch, Zoom in to the little specks of pepper. Yeah. Watch watch a couple episodes of something on Food Network or it's like a food show on Netflix. You'll get all the you know the major lingo down. Then you can just mm-hmm. sp- sprinkle that in. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of editing. A lot of work. That's why you would only do like six episodes. (laughs) That's why you would only do like six episodes and then you have like you film the fall episodes in the spring so you could actually put together this episode. (laughs) Okay, are we gonna do like a Gordon Ramsay style angry (laughs) situation? Or are we gonna do like the really soothing lambs? I think David needs to make it. I see him being more animated than all of us combined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do it. Do it. I'll cook you something, Link. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been looking for a chance to pull out my Ganon. Oh, my no. Ganon no, animated David. series. <laughs> Wait. I just, I'm going to up the challenge. Uh-oh. You have to go outside on an open fire like Link does, and you have to cook everything <laughs> I'll throw it. I'll, I'll literally just stand back and throw it into the fire and just stand there and watch it cook. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even touch it. Just but put then, your hands on but your then, hips. like, no, it's like it's like this long drawn out episode that's like fifteen to twenty minutes, and then at the end of the episode, he just holds up like this wooden, like the pixelated <laughs> mush from the game. He just holds the dubious it. Dubious food. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Castlevania. That would be hilarious. That would yeah, be like great. Parts of my hair like singed and on fire, <laughs> soot over my face. Here. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a great bonus episode. Right. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Um. So I I uh, I cooked up a storm on Saturday. You did? What did you cook? I entered the calamity cook-off as well. Ooh. Yes. Um. I posted both things on. Twitter. I wanted to pay homage to Andrew and Cafe since they get married mere hours before the world ends, and unless of course you beat the game. So I looked up different recipes for Louisiana wedding cakes and compared mm-hmm. them, and I made my own. And I made the frosting a grayish lavender color to match the couple's mask that you get mm. in Jorah's mask. And I looked up the symbol for it, and with a butter knife, I carved the symbol into the frosting and it tasted really good. It tastes like wedding cake. And then I made, so you guys know how Angie gets teased by her grandma because she's apparently a really bad cook. I was like, this girl needs some redemption. So I looked up variations of a popular Louisiana recipe called redfish cubillon, which is a red sauce with, Breadfish, or you could use trout or catfish, and I made that, and I called it Andrew's stew. 
Oh, nice. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, and I, sh- I shared the recipes, too, if you guys are in the mood for several hours of baking and cooking. <laughs> nice. Uh, I wish I could have that much time dedicated to do. You uh, just got to make time, Ed. Yeah, make Ed, just time. make time. What are you doing playing video games, Ed? Just stop playing games. Start cooking. Gosh. I really wish. I really <laughs> wish. So, so you know my secret like everybody else. Ed, how do you play so many games within a month, in a week? I'm like, I, I have the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll share I'll share my food with you, Ed. Uh, Thank you. Man. I really want to know how to really want to bake a cake again because I tried twice and I don't think I. I think I was somewhat successful, but not successful. I, I don't know what I did wrong. I actually um, did a van- uh, yellow cake, um, and in the middle, I put banana uh, pudding in there. That you like yeah. the instant banana pudding, and then I covered it. Yeah, and then I covered it with uh, chocolate, uh, with chocolate frosted and stuff. And I'm just like, this is my first cake, so I don't know if it's good or not. Um, but I, I've never been taught how how to bake a cake. I just went, did the Betty Cracker instructions and called it a day. <laughs> just like, what do I need to do? Because I, I make a venture out of grocery shopping. Wow. You know. Well, I, 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 we can help you learn how to make one from scratch if you're. Well, okay. I will say, if you're if you want to get into baking and you have to get all this stuff, it can be kind of expensive at first if you don't have the flour and the sugar, you know, just all at once. But if you bake a lot, it ends up paying for itself because you have it on hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can like, do it. Yeah, because like cookies, I want to do too. Because um, I I want to make learn how to make really soft, chewy cookies. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Pepperidge Farms. Um, <laughs> They remember. <laughs> they, wow. Oh man, yep. soft, like the Chippewa soft cookies and the Pepperidge Farms soft cookies are the best. Wow. Well, you just just uh, get it on Pinterest and uh, start looking up soft cookie recipes. The, the, the thing with Pinterest is I end up watching the videos and get entertained and be like, I love this. <laughs> like, like it's relaxing. I I love watching cooking videos and stuff. Uh, and I gotta watch start watching some of Biu because Biu's got some. She we have some great food, and I'm like, oh, I need to watch this. Yes. Uh, wow. The Geek Bro says Pepperidge Farm. Way to represent Ed. Uh, there is because, like I said, because they're like half an hour from me. I every time I go visit that mall, I always go to their store, and I'm leaving out with about. 10 to 15 dollars worth of pepper pepperidge farm stuff mm-hmm. out of there and it's because it's so good and i'm like when there's flavors and cookies that we don't sell here in illinois i i gotta get it and then tell everybody you need to go get this and stuff so yeah so wait they don't have the cookies at regular grocery stores where you live nope they have pepper, they have pepperidge farms but it's only a selected kind so there's mm-hmm. only selected uh, flavors of of cookies and chips and, and stuff like that. Where Pepperidge Farm, the outlet store, because it's their or it's their brand, they carry a whole lot of stuff that you can't find anywhere. Like only that they carry. Like you don't even see. Like when I was talking about the cherry ones, you can't. You won't find them in stores. I can't find them in stores anywhere. So when I see them at the Pepperidge Farm store, I was just like, I got to get this. And they were so good. 
<laughs> that was yeah. a that was an incredible snack tendo. Yeah. Who uh oh. wow. What is the show just gonna turn into just food all the time sprinkled with a Nintendo? Is that is is that already happened? Did that already happen? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna get into come some of these news bits. There there's nothing <laughs> It's slow for Nintendo, as busy as it is for Xbox and PlayStation right now. It's just, it's kind of slow. I w- I have, it took me forever to find, you know, just anything to talk about tonight, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to go for it here. So, uh, if this link would open. Somebody fill time while I'm I, opening I, this. Anybody thing. watch the, uh. Anybody watch the new Age of Calamity teaser this morning? Yes, I did. yes, 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 yes. Third one of that series. Awesome. Daruk on a paraglider. Yeah, I was going to say, Daruk. Is that even possible? Like, Apparently. Not, not not trying to, you know, say he's large or anything, but... Uh, he's husky. Yeah. He's, <laughs> can I, can he's I a, say that... He's a large per- thing, person. <laughs> Rock. Can I, yeah. Can I say <laughs> Nintendo has been doing a fantastic job marketing that game with the with uh these commercials. It's kind to me. It's kind of the smash thing on how different commercials get you really hyped for that game before it comes out. And Nintendo's been doing a fantastic job dropping little bits hits in there and everything. And I think uh I can't really wait for this game to come out. You know. Yeah. Yes, it is coming out the day after Cyberpunk, but that's fine. Like, I'm going to have two amazing games to play. And if the music is good, like I said, in Age of Calamity, it, it may be a contender for Game of the Year. Like, it's it, it may have a spot. And it just looks so good in action. <laughs> like, this game looks so good in action. I, I'm I'm coming out and saying, like, my anticipation is that I think this is actually going to be better than Breath of the Wild. I, like, that's my, that's my, my stance is I think this game could potentially be better than Breath of the Wild just overall. And I will not be surprised if I rank it higher than Breath of the Wild. That's a that's a bold statement. I'm I'm sticking with it, Cotton. <laughs> I, I I know that David was especially excited for this one, especially for the lore. Okay. Yes, we want the story. We want to know. We know what happens to the champions, but it's really cool that we. I don't know. I kind of hope we see more of Link's backstory, like I've said before. Yeah. Well, it feels like some of the stuff that's in it. That's not going. That was it in Breath of the Wild. I think parts of this is going to be in Breath of the Wild too. Yes, absolutely. Like, like I don't know how they're going to do it or how they're going to pull it off, but I'm interested. Yeah, I I bet they'll, I bet they're going to explore, like in Breath of the Wild too, some of the events that we see in this game for sure. I, th- I think they're going to experiment with some stuff in this. There's going to be some setup for Breath of the Wild too in this. I think it's all everything that they did in Breath of the Wild learned from. Now mm-hmm. we're doing with now with Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, they're gonna take that and learn from it. And those two things together are what's going to be the final product of Breath of the Wild too and the, the, the third story in the trilogy. Is Monolith is Monolith Soft still helping them? I wonder. Yeah, they are. They're helping okay. with Breath of the Wild too. I know that. 
Um, let's just talk about this because this news is boring. I want to talk about Age of Calamity. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I, I thought the first Hyrule Warriors was okay. Like, I mean, it didn't like blow me out of the water or anything, but like, I don't know. For some reason, this one is like, I, I don't know if it's because I spent so much time in the Breath of the Wild world that I'm just more connected to these characters and you know these versions of these characters and the champions and everything but i'm like i don't know i i i don't i i feel like i should go in with some sort of expectation but that expectation i'm just leagues above that expectation because it is breath of the wild based you know uh, it i think i think with this for for me, outside of Breath of the Wild, it's that relationship that Nintendo and Tecmo has, and I think ever since, regardless of what, like I said, regardless of what people think about Metro Other M, it just feels like Tecmo brings out its best work when they work with Nintendo, and people who clowned or laughed at Hyrule Warrior who didn't who didn't expect it, you can see how it pretty got other people into the Muso games. And it kind of made people think like, oh, I want this character in this one of the next Legend of Zelda's or this became my favorite character and stuff. And I think with where Age of Calamity, you just see how people how we reacted to all of these characters that they're showing that, yeah, this is a, a prequel to Breath of the Wild, but you know, it's it's gonna feel like it's so much more, um, and I think it I think it's it could hit like a million sales on the day one or within the weekend, um, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle between that and Cyberpunk. Like people who are not playing Cyberpunk are playing uh, Edge of Calamity. Um, if they finish Edge of Calamity within the weekend, they'll be playing Cyberpunk. But I think this is this. I think Edge of Calamity is standing out so much more to everybody that the hype for it and the lore that they're going to be looking for within the story and everything it's going to be it's going to be there. It's going to make a lot of people happy. See, I don't think that is really going to be competing with Cyberpunk all that much because I think, like I agree with what you said. You know, there's people that are obviously excited for Cyberpunk, and then there's people that are obviously excited for Age of Calamity in their own camps. But I think universally. I think both games are going to just sell hot, like sell like hotcakes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that they're going to be competing against each other at all. One, yeah. because different platforms and two, because I mean, the, the install base for the switch already is so huge that, you know, and this is another Zelda game in the breath of the wild world with that engine, with that, with that look, with that feel people are, you know, that's, that's an easy pickup for them. Cyberpunk, well, that is coming out on current gen systems as well, right? Like PS4 mm-hmm. and um, Xbox One. So, you know, but if you have people also upgrading to the next console, it's, you know, it, the, you're, I, I don't think they're really going to be competing as so much as they are just, they're just both going to just sell, sell, sell. Like it's just, there's going to be, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a competition. I don't think one's going to be, I think you could look at it numbers-wise to, to see which one did better, but I don't think you're gonna see. I don't think you're gonna see much difference. I think they're gonna sell right around the same, if not, if not dead, dead even. I, 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 yeah, I agree. I think 
I guess to clarify, it's just like those are two anticipated anticipated games for November, and I think people are going to pick both of them up. I think just for people who are going to play Hyrule Warriors, I think they're going to probably try to beat it in a short amount of time due to Cyberpunk being such a bigger and maybe a longer game and everything. I think I just think that with Age of Empire, oh, Age of Empire, goodness, wow. Age of Calamity. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, that's also coming out this fall, too. So. Uh, Age of Calamity is, I think the trailers are working for people to be more anticipated in selling, selling this game. They're rolling it out good. And Cyberpunk is doing a great job, too, doing it. You know, Paris, uh, he's been doing a good job promoting it and everything. And so I think when it hits the night and it hits the 20th, like, if you got your 120 twenty dollars ready to go for those two games, then yeah. Um I just think that Nintendo is doing a Nintendo told Kobe Techmore are doing a fantastic job marketing that game. And I feel like when it comes out, there's gonna be just so much to it. Uh yes, the action's gonna be repetitive, but in a Muso game like that, it's always repetitive. The action you know? of Breath of the Wild was somewhat repetitive with the very limited enemy variants and mm-hmm. I I love Breath of the Wild, but I'm I'm a I'm a harsh critic of it. There, there, it's when I recently did my rankings for all the Zelda games for um, uh, Zelda Dungeons. We every year we do a best Zelda ever rankings where all the staff members rank all the Zelda games that they've played one through whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then we compile all that all that data and come up with a definitive best Zelda ever ranking list. Based on our everyday's put inputs, anyway. Wand of Gamelon uh, should be Jingles, <laughs> <laughs> Rosie, Rupert Land, and Balloon Ripened Balloon Trip of Love. There you go. <laughs> um, but I put Breath of the Wild down at I think I had it at five this year, and I think that's up from last year. But a large reason for it going up in my rankings is because I'm so excited to get back into that world because of age of calamity. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the, one of the thing, one of the games that's going to benefit most from age of calamity is the original breath of the wild, because I think you're going to see after people play age of calamity or while leading up to it, you're going to see people diving back into that world or going back into there, or if they missed out on it, they're going to get it again and go back into it and play it or not come back into it. If they missed out on it, they're going to go back and play it now and just go explore it and have a totally different perspective on it. Because that was, that was what I criticized it most about was yes, this world is beautiful. There's so much to explore and so much to see, but I want to know why my favorite place is the Akala Citadel because you've got a story about it. When you went there, there's the NPC who will talk to you about it who will tell you the history of it. And that's all. I mean, that's not much, but that's that was so much to me because and that made it my favorite place in that region is just beautiful in general. But it's that that idea that there is more to these areas than just than just this these ruins, these backstoryless ruins. Which I think that's like it was a new thing for Nintendo to do put uh, link in this kind of world and change this kind of, kind of gameplay. I always say that Breath of the Wild is a science game. You know, you're trying different things to see what works. You're doing kind of alchemy where you're cooking and, and stuff like that. And it, it feels like that 
you know, I, I asked on Pablock, you know, when Nintendo does, um, when they change their formula basic games, um, it sometimes changed the genre. Um, and Breath of the Wild kind of did that in a certain way with open world games. Like, every, climbing has been a basic game gameplay of things but everybody was just like i want i want this kind of climate in every open world game that i play mm-hmm. you know and it's just like when you go into breath of the wild it's such an adventure that if you want to find a lore and it doesn't tell you you kind of have a right to create your own lore about it if you want to if you feel like it um but other than that it's there and so it'll lead up to more questions and then hopefully those questions lead you to want to explore in that game nintendo has never in the last time i think nintendo have actually put something that she really want to find something about was kind of metroid other m because metroid's never had a story at all samus has never had a background or a voice or anything and like i said regardless of what you think about it this is the first time nintendo did a story that's on that's something serious like that i was i wasn't disagreeing with you ed on other end just more or less on metroid as a whole Oh, <laughs> there is a story there, but <laughs> yeah, there there is there is a story, but like when you're when you're like really playing the games, you don't really get nothing about that. I think more it's, people just like, oh, yeah. go ahead, Corey. It's all stuff that you like, kind of have to look up, you know. Uh, it, I don't know. Like, I think Metroid's, uh, I think Metroid's story is pretty interesting, but you have to like go out of your way to find it, and I think that's like, I think that's the one thing that. Nintendo is not very good at is like telling like a good story within the game, you know, and like it's yeah. it's always like now I mean they're getting better, right? Like Breath of the Wild did some really cool things with their story uh with the memories and stuff, but you still like I think the people why people like games like The Witcher and, you know, other like third party games or games on other platforms, you know, Sony gets a lot of credit for their storytelling and stuff. Like they want to, they want like a, a kind of like a cinematic story that you can play through. And Nintendo doesn't really do that, you know? And, and I know a lot of their games are kind of like, well, these are games you play them, you know, Mario, what do you need a story of Mario for? You're jumping off, like you're jumping on turtles and throwing mushrooms at, dinosaurs and like you know what i mean like it's just stupid uh, it's the level de- it's the level design but they like but nintendo does have franchises that could really benefit from a maybe not like a god of war or last of Us style story but like more like a more more character driven yeah yeah and and Oh wow! Remember side tangent. Remember that. Remember that side project that was rumored that there was going to be a Metroid Star Fox crossover game for the Wii U at some point. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I knew there was a Star Fox Racing rumored. Yeah, this was this was like right when the Wii U came out, and they they were talking about uh, Star Fox uh, Metroid game. But Uh, Celeste, with you being. So that's what you being from another Zelda podcast. Like, what does Zelda lore in an open world game from Breath of the Wild like? How does that? How does that like inspire you guys? And also you, David. Like, because you know you got your you have your your story. You have that beautiful book behind you. Like, 
when when it comes to stuff like that, do you guys think that Breath of the Wild kind of helped you guys create more of the lore, more of the story, more ideas that you could think of? I'll let yeah. you go first, Celeste. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I loved it because the experience felt like I was really waking up to this world that was not my own anymore. I was I felt like I was Link. I was lost. I didn't know where I was. I had to explore. Uh, what had changed. I was trying to pick up the pieces and I'm very excited. Like you guys mentioned with age of calamity, I can go back and play breath of the wild with fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. I I love that. I love prequels. I, I think they're so awesome and I'm sure they did it on purpose too. I think they knew what they were doing, but as far as creating, I, this one gave us more of a, uh, this one, Zelda has had personality in other games, especially as Tetra, but as the true, like the princess form of Zelda, this one was awesome. I think as far as creativity, no, hmm, I hadn't really thought about that. I, I, I felt like it gave me hope because we've seen in previous Zelda games how divided the races are, especially the Gerudo, they almost seem like outcast. And mm-hmm. again, I, I think that that's a little bit of their, they're maybe self-imposed that way. They're carrying on traditions. They want to stay within their outpost in the desert, but seeing them wander around in other games, we would see Gorons wandering around like in Wind Waker, they're on other islands In Twilight Princess. We see some, but it was just so cool to see people exploring. I don't know. It's very, it felt like a game of hope and joy, a new, I know, a new dawn. Yeah. I know for me, like, what it did, what Breath of the Wild did for me and my, like, my story specifically was it gave me a sense that I was on the right path with ideas. Like, you know, like, in my story, there is a group of Gerudo defectors who are still loyal to Ganondorf. They, I call them the Dragmire clan, which is a play on the the canonical last name of Ganondorf and all that. Um, but it was, you know, and when they had Breath of the Wild, you had the Yiga clan. When I remember when I first watched the first trailer for it, it felt like this is going to be like Hyrule all-out war. Like, there is going to be this big this big climactic, you know, uh, battle between all these races coming together to stop Ganon once and for all kind of thing. And that was my impression of it. Obviously we got something a little different than that. Mm-hmm. We got the, Oh, they failed. Now they're here. <laughs> How do we mm-hmm. pick up the pieces of the story? And it is, it, when age of calamity stuff started coming out, I was freaking out because Every time I've seen something in the in a trailer for this, I've looked at it and said, "This is my story. This is the same story that I wrote in a different setting." You know, Ooh, that, is, la- is- that last trailer with the uh, with the eyes. <laughs> yeah, like, right. What's well, going on? I like, got hyped. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, like, and you know, the you know, the meme is we all know how the we all know how Age of Calamity is going to end. They all die. Ha ha ha. But we you don't see that. Well, guess what? That's the same in my story. You know, we know you meet Fruto in the Earth Temple and the Wind Temple, and they're ghosts. They're spirits. They're dead. They're deceased. (laughs) 
they've they're kaputs. So <laughs> how do we get there? How, you know, and the story that you know that I built is that story. You know, how do you get from this 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 victory before? You know, in the backstory of Breath of the Wild, there was victory over the the Calamity Ganon. How do you get from that victory to the defeat, and then ultimately back to victory again? And that's that's the that's the Age of Calamity story, and that's that's the Era Without a Hero story. You know, it's how do you go from the victory that was the ending of Ocarina of Time? to a, a period in time where Hyrule was needed to be flooded. What was so wrong? How did it get there? What that needs explanation. <laughs> and so then I think that's what, what age of calamity is kind of doing for breath of the wild. And that's why I say, you know, this thing like your breath of the wild is going to have a totally different feel after you play this, after you play age of calamity, when you go into breath of the wild, you're going to immediately, you'll be running, you know, you jump off the Great Plateau, go down to the Outpost Ruins. Well, that's for that, that's for that uh, Yiga guy with the broken mask was doing the back handspring and laughing at Link and Zelda. You know, that's, you'll, you'll see these places. And that was, so when I think about Breath of the Wild, those are those moments that I wanted. You know, I, you know, there's a few that you get. You can go to Lon Lon Ranch, the, the ranch ruins. And you can see clearly, okay, there, there, that's where the silo was and Ocarina of Time and things like that. But in Breath of the Wild, it's completely destroyed. Age of Calamity, what did we see in some of the gameplay last weekend or two weekends ago? They're at the ranch. <laughs> and you see the buildings. You see Malin and Talon's house. You see the barn. You see it all. And it's there. And it's just, oh, it's... <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to see them in their glory before the fall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that—that's you know, what did it do? What did Breath of the Wild do to me creatively? Is it just—it it showed me that yes, the seeds of what I what I'm building in my story are there. Are some there's interest for them, so I'm on the right track with building my story the way I am. And now Age of Calamity is here, and it's oh, that—that's that, my story. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so funny that you mentioned it because that E D trailer when they fresh shot off. When they first shot the breath, breath of the Wild, and Numa snapped, and he showed that world. Like mm. I seen it, I'm like, "What are you doing, Nintendo?" And did not expect that they would take this, on, take us on this journey. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> ah. Goosebumps, y'all. Uh, man, remember, uh, remember the first Breath of the Wild trailer though, when the Guardian was just chasing Link on Epona, and he like they showed him like jump off the horse in slow motion and just yeah oh, man. Mm-hmm. i remember the speculation is that link yeah is that Zelda? <laughs> yeah yeah because the ponytail mm-hmm. yeah and like it they i mean they changed link's model a little bit in the final game but that first model like it's he pretty somewhat androgynous yeah yeah it, very... mm-hmm. it would have been cool if it was zelda though i'm still waiting yeah. for that game well i think we'll see her be uh top boss yeah i uh i mean i keep saying like i feel like there might be like some sort of either i don't want to say like light co-op elements but also like you could switch between link and zelda and there's almost like an rpg party system where like link it's like (laughs) it's like link like yes it, it would almost Zelda be like RPG a or, oh. just so i i actually <laughs> thought about this last night while i was going through some of my xbox games uh and i came across the kingdom hearts collections and like yeah. 
I don't know if you got I, I don't know if it, any of you guys played Kingdom Hearts at all, but like usually when you go to one of the Disney worlds, you you pick either Goofy or Donald to be with you, and then you get the that world's character right mm-hmm. uh, with you. What if there's yeah. like some sort of party system like that where, okay, well I I'm Link and Zelda is with me, but now I can pick like a one of the new champions to play with me and like this weird party system and then you can use zelda and link together to solve puzzles in shrines or like uh, i just have all these ideas so (laughs) so so many years ago when i first started working on this this was some of the notes that i was developing for uh arrow without a hero as a game was a party system with (laughs) swappable (laughs) characters different roles that you could have yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, there's a uh, Link, Zelda, Ganondorf, and like stats and stuff like that. So, it's, saying it's Zelda deep. RPG got me, it gave me a oh, warm fuzzies all over. It, it, see, it, <laughs> is it? That's why I said it. Breath of the Wild like kind of changed in a, in a sense the Zelda the Zelda franchise because we all come with theories. We always all come with ideas. And I don't know what other game has done that on any platform where there could be so many theories for just one game and whether it's it is it's true or not, the possibilities are there. Oh and that's I mean that's the Zelda franchise as a whole. I mean for for the first 25, 24 years of its lifespan, it was everybody theorizing how to put the games together in a single cohesive timeline. Well, joke was on us. They had three. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's... Remember when we found out it was three timelines that split from Ocarina and everybody was just like, what? <laughs> I have a friend who claims he called that and he's someone who... It's a bit of a braggart, so I don't know what is he the was just saying. Uh, age, okay, so Link, the hero falls, the hero is successful, and then the child timeline, right, David? Correct. So there's two options if Link is successful in Ocarina of Time, and those happen no matter what. When Zelda sends Link back in time after defeating Ganon, she creates a, fis- a split timeline. Mm-hmm. The, the child timeline continues on with um, Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and Four Swords Adventures, and then the adult timeline carries on without a hero, hence the the arrow without a hero, um, with the Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, uh, and then Spirit Tracks. And if if theoretically Link were to have failed in defeating Ganon at any point in his um, in his journey in Ocarina of Time. That then gives you the downfall timeline, which is which leads to the sealing war, which is the backstory of a link to the past. And then you have a link to the past, and then that same link goes on to Link's Awakening and the Oracle games, and then you have a link between worlds, and then the original Zelda and Zelda Two. But Link's Awakening is a dream, so yes. but that's still that's so still is canon. Phantom Hourglass on the adult timeline. But okay. it's the same. So when the timeline was first published, they've retconned Link's Awakening before the Oracle games. But in the original publishing of it, it came after the Oracle games, which made sense because you had um, Link from A Link to the Past being called to the castle at the end, at the beginning of the Oracle, either Oracle game by the Triforce. He touches the Triforce. It sends him to either 
Polydrum or Liberina um, at the start of either Oracle of Seasons or Oracle of Ages, whichever one you played first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, at the end of the linked game, so if you did both of those, you would link them up, you'd complete the story, you defeat Twinrova and defeat Ganon. You would, the last shot is Link sailing away on a boat that looks exactly like the boat that wrecks at the beginning of Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Okay. And what, about, what about the regular Legend of Zelda? That like, comes. That is the second to last game on the Downfall timeline. Because the does that mean that the three Triforce end up getting to, end up getting into the eight pieces? Presu- well, so the the Triforce of Courage at some point presuming that the link from the link to the past and those other three games eventually passed away the triforce of courage then returned to the the great palace and which is where you see it in zelda 2 mm. the um the link that you play as in the original legend of zelda is a traveler that comes to hyrule and when he comes to hyrule impa finds him and he be- and tells him like, "Hey, we are in danger. We need your help." And that's where the game picks up. You in the forest, and then you find the old man with the sword. You know, and then you go and save. Then you go and save Princess Zelda and defeat Ganon. And then all of Zelda Two is then following that same link on a quest. Uh, we, to save. Let's let's all Sorry. forgive. It. <laughs> let's forget uh, Zelda Two because <laughs> I don't like that. No, game. Zelda Two. Zelda Two has so much good lore. I I loathe playing that game <laughs> That's so, so many so many names of cities and towns in breath of the wild <laughs> well yeah zelda oh, 2 yeah. is zelda 2 is a bastion of lore because zelda 2 gave us the first incarnation of the triforce of courage it gave us it gave us the first actual triforce that we mm-hmm. know and love it today uh all the cities and towns in um zelda 2 except for one are named after sages from Ocarina of Time. So they would later recycle those to make that the history and all that fun stuff. I, need that I could go on for a while with this stuff. Somebody <laughs> shut me up. <laughs> this is a, I mean, this is a better podcast than I had planned, so I'm just, um, <laughs> just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I want your memory, David. Oh, I know. It's I, like... have spent, I have spent far too much time researching Zelda history and lore, either for my own for my own story or before that when I was a Zelda theorist if YouTube had been what it is today mm-hmm. 10 15 years ago I would be like up, I'd be up there with Zeltic and them probably maybe I don't know but you know what you know what's where Zelda the Legend of Zelda series in Castlevania kind of go head in hand because of how much lore and backstory and timelines and families that each of them go through. It's very amazing when you hear the history and people talk about it. It's it's very interesting. I've never thought about that. It, and like Corey with Destiny and stuff, like that has a really big history to it, even though it's only in two games. There's so much stuff to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I really hope in Age of Calamity we find out what brings the lady who lives in the garbage dump to that area. Oh, wow. Wow. Do y'all know who I'm talking about? I think so. I'm trying to... She, it's this area, and it. She's making this food, and she won't let you use her 
cooking pot and uh, her food yeah. is like charred and is she down is she down along the southern coast yeah i no. think so um or is it, no that's the lady that's obsessed with the um the the um like the the sheikah ball the sheikah orb oh yeah yeah the one who like is yeah. all caressing it and stuff yeah then she does inappropriate things with it Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> the woman. And we're back um, here. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, David. You you are now part of a. Apparently, you have an OnlyFans, or maybe she has an OnlyFans. She yeah. <laughs> Moza is the character. She's a Hillian cooker who apparently specializes in cooking dubious food and rock hard food due to her poor cooking skills. Rock hard oh, food. Wow. wow. She, yeah, she lives in a garbage heap in like this little tent, and I just was like, "What? What's going on here? What? What's going on in your life? What? Do you need to talk to someone?" Nintendo's wacky whistle stuff in the series. Yeah, some of the some of the characters, I just some I have actually taken the time to follow NPCs that wander to see how far they go. That's uh, yeah, one of the guys. The, the owner of Zelda Dungeon, he's actually done that for the wiki. He has sat there and followed everybody. He has like thousands of hours in it. It's, oh, it's crazy. He's dedicated. I've only done it with like one character. Wow. I thought I was dedicated by putting 225 <laughs> hours in. I, I'm, <laughs> that, that's a start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if this question. I mean, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if this podcast is only about Zelda all the time, I might have a thousand hours in there, but I <laughs> do not. So, um, all right. So we're not going to answer all of our questions tonight. We're going to save some for, for next week. Uh, but we do have listener questions. Uh, let me pull the doc back up because I was enthralled that I just deleted the, the doc from my desktop here. All right. Uh. <laughs> Our first question, we are going to answer Greg Osterman III's question first. He writes in and says, Hey, Blockers, do you think Nintendo sees the value of having a world like Breath of the Wild, Hyrule, and its story to play in uh, for multiple games and genres rather than resetting every game? The last time we saw this was Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but it seems a lot more seriously tied uh, this time around. Uh, thanks. So... Uh, um, I, I do. I, I see value in it. I think they have. They already. They didn't ask if you saw value in it. They said if Nintendo had value in it. Ed. Oh, what's I your valuable to... take though? And I want to know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I think Nintendo does see value. I'm sorry, Roddy. I think Nintendo sees value in this world because, like I stated before, that they created this big world that you can explore, and they got. And there's so much in there that people are still fighting out, and so they this could continue on maybe for three another three or four four games, and they could go any kind of years that they want to, and people will see that there's just something about this world that's drawing everybody in. They want to research, and Nintendo could put more little tidbits and stuff before they get ready to make their new Zelda title and everything. So I think they find a, a lot of value in it. You know, people are talking about it and buying the Amiibos and stuff like there and buying books and coming up with theories and podcasts and stuff. I think Nintendo's 
checking out and listening to like a lot of the fans and they'd be like okay if they're thinking this way we could zag this way and they have a lot they can add to it so yeah of course i think they have a lot of value yeah i uh i just remember there was an interview where anuma said that they didn't want to have to build a new engine for every game right and this was kind of the start of their uh attempt to keep an engine going for multiple games and uh I don't necessarily know if Hyrule Warriors is or uh, Age of Calamity is running on the Breath of the Wild engine. Uh, I'm assuming it is. Like I, at least, I think it is. I know graphically it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so I, I mean, when when he said that, I assumed that we were going to get at least two or three games with this engine. Uh, I think their approach to Zelda has been interesting and different than a lot of other companies right like you saw i mean not to compare this to like uh destiny or anything but like uh halo when bungie was was uh uh developing halo they developed Mm -hmm. they developed the halo reach engine not for halo they developed it for destiny right and destiny 2 is still running on the halo reach engine and uh, they, I mean, it's heavily modified, obviously, and there's a lot of spaghetti code in there, which is why, I mean, not to turn this into tower casuals or anything, but like they, they say there's a lot of spaghetti code in there that they have to, when they do an update that should probably, you know, maybe take a couple weeks. It takes months for them to make sure it doesn't break any of that spaghetti code holding that game together, uh, which is why like a lot of the game is actually being removed uh, this fall or in November when the, the game comes out. Right. Uh, so I think companies want to make the most uh, and like use their engines that they build. And Nintendo was building engines specifically for Zelda one Zelda game. And then they would start over. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. we saw that with wind waker to twilight princess to, to skyward sword and now breath of the wild and it really seems like they're using this breath of the wild engine to its fullest and and with uh uh monolith's help building the world and uh i don't know it just it just seems like that breath the breath of the wild hyrule is a hyrule we're gonna be in for a while uh, without Plus- a doubt yeah, plus since they're not going to focus on one console instead of splitting it to two, they can put more of their time and energy into the Switch yeah. um, and get more out of it. Yeah, plus, like, plus, you know, I think a lot of people, I think it helps people become invested in the series, right? Like, if you know mm-hmm. there's going to be a direct sequel to this, uh, whether I just, I feel like, Nintendo, like aside from Mario, Nintendo has always kind of shied away from making direct sequels, right? Like I, I, I really feel that way. Except for like, I guess like the Metroid Prime trilogy is is one example where they didn't, and mm-hmm. obviously Ocarina of Time and Majora's well, Mask. But and they tried to do it with Star Fox, and it just got because Star Fox sixty four flows into Adventures, and then Adventures into what is it Conquest. And then after a conquest, you got assault. And mm-hmm. you, if you want us, if you want a good like half hour of oh my gosh, what did I just watch? Go watch the endings to all the various endings to Star Fox Assault. You <laughs> will, you will never look at Star Fox the same. The idea that one version of the story ending with 
Fox and Falco drinking at a bar together, crying over Crystal joining Star Wolf, and it's it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, Star Fox is a little weird anyway. He got these animals flying what are essentially X wings. <laughs> it's just... Sure. But the point. I know what you're saying. It's uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and I. But uh, I definitely think that Nintendo is invested in this world, or otherwise they wouldn't be reusing it for, you know, Age of Calamity and now or now Age of Calamity and then Breath of the Wild two, which we already know is going to be on at least the same map. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're going to do something to it, either an underground and a dark world version who knows what they'll do with it but yeah i think they're very invested not just in the engine but the world and mm-hmm. yeah i still think that breath of the wild is going to be a trilogy outside of age oh, of yeah. calamity outside of age of calamity i think mm-hmm. i still think like there's going to be a breath of the wild three at some point also this uh, is this is just breath of the wild 0.2 yeah for the kingdom hearts reference oh geez please don't <laughs> I'm not waiting 20 years for my third game and then I just don't care about it anymore. (laughs) Final chapter DX Beyond the Light. Let's put 55 days. Let's put 90%. (laughs) Let's put 90% of the story that's essential to the game on a handheld somewhere else. (laughs) And in our free to play phone game where you have to spend like $3,000 to get the whole story. Oh, God. Kingdom Hearts, what a. What a franchise. Yeah. Um, I do love it. I do love Kingdom Hearts. I have, we have the, we bought the, the story so far collection when that came out right before three and mm-hmm. played through all those. And it's fun. But. I love the concept of Kingdom Hearts, but I tried to play three and I'm like, wow, I think I'm playing PlayStation two again. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a beautiful game. You know, it's a, it's a great, game it's just man that's if you if you think that no if you think you can play my wife and i were discussing this the other day like if you think you can play kingdom hearts one two and three and you'll get the story by the time you get to three you'll be like who are these people yeah where did this person come from yeah no there's uh i i do like how they kind of shorten the handheld games at least and like kind of i think birth by sleep is pretty essential birth Mm -hmm. by sleep is not only essential but it's probably the best or second best game in the series yeah and then i think two and then maybe birth by sleep yeah and then uh 2.8 is essential and Mm then i don't it's that's a weird series that's a maybe we should just do a kingdom hearts series of episodes or something for expansion pack at some point but uh anyways yeah i think i think that nintendo is at least trying to make this story feel like a a real investment and i really i really appreciate that about this like it's i've been more invested in breath of the wild than i have any other zelda game and i love zelda so uh i think the last time i was this invested was twilight princess but uh, people give me crap for twilight princess all the time i still love that game why good game it's a very good game so good what what about you celeste I, I mean, I, I think, especially when I think about the same types of link used, I think the Toon Link slash Wind Waker Link is the one who's been used the most, right? Mm. 
Wind Waker, um, Minish Cap, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit I, Tracks. The Four Swords games. Four, Four Swords, Swords games, yeah. So Triforce I, Heroes. I, yes! <laughs> I think he's the most popular one. I wonder if it's because uh, is it the easiest to use, maybe, for technical purposes. I don't know. It's, it's charming if you want a more lighthearted Zelda game, for sure. But, yeah, so... I think it benefits Nintendo. You guys said pretty much everything I could think of with that. Um, I would love something akin to Majora's Mask in the Breath of the Wild universe. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be the. Uh, it's definitely going to be the uh, Empire Strikes Back of Zelda. It's going to be oh, dark. Goodness. It's going to be dark at the end, and uh, then the third game you're just going to play as, as Zelda and uh, save Link. Call it. <laughs> Unless my party system comes into play, and please, <laughs> I, know. I want I want a party want system it. so bad. And I then you just it. and then you scan the Wolf Link amiibo, and then you can have four people in your party. Oh wow! Yes, <laughs> uh, perfect game right there. You turned this whole game into something else, and I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> you better be here like, for it. Give me a Legend of Zelda played like Final Fantasy. That's they're just on that level of that just yeah. I'd take it. Yep. I'd take it. Um Alright, well we 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 have been running a little long. We're gonna save these last two questions for, for next week. Uh I wanna thank everybody for watching and or listening. You can follow us on Twitch here every Monday night live at twitch.tv slash Bosch Rush Games Live or on podcast services and YouTube every Wednesday morning. David, thanks for joining us. You're welcome here anytime. Uh, My pleasure. Why don't you remind everybody about your book and where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter over at DaveWayne09 or um, if you want to just follow my stuff about my my Zelda book, it's Zelda Tewa, which is T... The arrow without a hero initials. I'm, I'm tired. I'm not going to try to spell it out. <laughs> I know. I'm tired um, too. <laughs> we're all old, y'all. I know. It's but time. um, yeah. but yeah. So you can follow me there, either at Zelda Tewa or at Dave Wayne zero nine. Um, or just look for my articles over on Zelda Dungeon. I've been really lacking this month. I've written a word because I've been so busy with school. But hopefully, I'm going to change that this week. I'm That's so excited my... for you to become an English teacher. Oh yes, I'm. I'm. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, I'm ready for school to be over, so I can go to school. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be the teacher this time. Exactly. Yep. Um, I'll also have all the links and stuff in the show notes for for your book and and you and everything. So, uh, Ed, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at that retrico. Check out Option Opinion on SoundCloud and other podcast apps. And yeah, uh, check out Boss Rush Podcast. Um, and more content coming in the uh, near future. Um, if by the time you guys watch this, we are getting ready to do the history of Mass Effect. So you guys will be enjoying that and talk the walk. We will be talking about Soma. Ooh, Celeste. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Fairy Crypt. And I'm also with another Zelda podcast. We have an exciting episode coming up in honor of the season. And also, everybody, check out Shane Kelly's 1v1. Yes. He's part of another Zelda podcast, so it was really cool to sit down with a colleague and chit-chat. 
Nice. Uh, you can find me at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Arsenal X, our Xbox podcast, our Casuals, our Destiny podcasts, and various other things here on Boss Rush Games. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Bye, everybody. Woo-hoo. Bye, guys.